Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld. And thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution, an end time message for his generational blessing. We left off yesterday talking about the fourth essential being generational and the biblical role of singles. We read 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35 in the message version, and I'll read it again. I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you, not make things harder, All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with a master without a lot of distractions. What a great word for singles from the Apostle Paul. There are two families, our natural family and our spiritual family, the church. Those who are not married should be incorporated into church life, being the spiritual family. It's important those who are unmarried understand they are valued members in the family of God. If Paul is right, and I believe he is, singles can be a great asset to the kingdom of God. Their gifts and talents can be used in any area, pastoring, preaching, traveling, missions, administration, helps, mentoring and teaching, and so on. What a benefit they can be to the body of Christ. And when we talk about mentoring and modeling with generational thinking, we have to understand that everybody has a purpose in mentoring family members, and singles are included. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, in A Theology of the Family, is quoted as having said, family prayer and the pulpit are the bulwarks of Protestantism. Depend upon it. When family piety goes down, the life of godliness will become very low. In Europe, at any rate, seeing that the Christian faith began with a converted household, We ought to seek after the conversion of all our families and to maintain within our houses the good holy practice of family worship. And then, quoting J.H. Merle de Bon one more time, he says, Here is everywhere, and more than elsewhere, example is more effectual than precept. They are not merely to be taught out of some elementary book that they must love God, but you must show them that God is loved. The real power within discipleship is mentoring and modeling. Some Christians have failed in this because of hypocrisy. 
Hypocrisy is defined as a pretense of having a virtuous character, moral or religious beliefs or principles, etc., that one does not really possess. That's from Dictionary.com. And it says a hypocrite is a person who pretends to have virtues, moral or religious beliefs, principles, etc., that he or she does not actually possess, especially a person whose actions belie their stated beliefs. Now, the word mentor means advisor, master, guide, preceptor, which means instructor and teacher, and then the word model means representative. When we put them together, we get an advisor, a guide, a teacher, who is also a representative of the truth being taught. A good biblical word for this would be ambassador. An ambassador is one who is an authorized representative of their country and government. Not only do they have to know about their country, but they must also represent their country or present the likeness of their country in their words and in their actions. 2 Corinthians 5.20 in the Amplified Version says, So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We, as Christ's personal representatives, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. So we see, in order for us to be a mentor and a model for the kingdom of God, we must know about our kingdom and we must represent our kingdom in both words and actions. If fathers, mothers, and masters of the household are true ambassadors for the kingdom of God, there will be tremendous evangelism and discipleship within our homes. Luke 6:46 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? He's talking about being a mentor, and he really means that faith with works is important. Paul was a great mentor and model, and like James wrote in chapter 2, verse 18, he says, Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And the Message Bible says it well in the book of James, chapter 5, verses 10 through 11. Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit all the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power, and you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares, cares right down to the last detail. Job, a mentor? Absolutely, and a great one at that. He never once quit. He stayed the course. This is what our wives, our children, our households, our neighbors, and everyone we meet is looking for. Well, if we want to win the world for Jesus, we need to be a mentor, a model, a disciple, an evangelist, and an example. 1 Timothy 4.12 says it well, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And to the pastors, 1 Peter wrote in chapter 5, verses 2 through 3, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. Yes, First Peter chapter 5, verses 2 through 3 is referencing pastors and ministers, but I also believe it addresses the master of the house. Remember what Nehemiah said? He said fathers are in the same leadership list of kings, princes, prophets, and priests. 
It says in Nehemiah 9.32, Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty, and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy, do not let all the trouble seem small before you that has come upon us, our kings and our princes, our priests and our prophets, our fathers, and on all your people, from the days of the kings of Assyria until this day. And the truth is, we must show them God is loved, and every part of the body is essential. 1 Corinthians says in chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So why generational? Why together? Why integrated? Well, I love the definition. Remember, integrated means to make into a whole by bringing all the parts together. It means to unify. To make whole by bringing all parts together. Generational together. Abraham, in Genesis 18, 18 through 19, said he was to command his children and his household in the ways of the Lord and he would be the father of many nations. How did he do it? Well, he spoke the word. He shared the word. He had family worship. Listen to this. Our six points, remember? Open the Bible. Read it to the family. Discuss it for how it should change your thinking and living. Pray for one another, the saints and the lost. Do it at the beginning and the end of the day. Now you're trained, go do it. It's the family Bible revolution, and I believe it will change the world. I believe we could be as effective evangelists as Abraham was himself. Matthew five fourteen through 16, you're the light of the world, and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, God wants us to bring the light of his word into our homes. And verse 15 says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. What house is he speaking of? He's speaking of your house, my house. And then in verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And there is mentoring and discipleship at the max. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And Acts three twenty five says, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's the Greek word, Patria, all the families of the earth shall be blessed in the seed of the word being brought to your family. This word patria for families is very important. In the Greek, it means ancestry, lineage, family, and it's akin to pater, P-A-T-E-R, which means a father. The Theological Dictionary of the New Testament says it's the family as derived from the father, specifically for the father's family tree. It can also mean nation, tribe, country, city, house, and family, but the central point is always derived from the same father or ancestor, no matter whether the reference be to a nation, tribe, caste, or family. And then it says it should be noted that by linguistic formation, the word patria, the Greek word, is collective and thus concrete, not abstract. In other words, it's not based on concept, it's based on the fact. 
Who's the father? What's the ancestry? The New Bible Dictionary says, Conceptually, the members of a tribe can be pictured as a cone with the foundation ancestor at the apex and the living generation at the base. You see, the blessing for future families was in Abraham's obedience in commanding his seed. It was the seed of faith, not necessarily the natural seed. Romans 4.13 says, For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And Galatians 3.16 identifies Jesus is the seed. And John 1.14 says that Jesus is the word. And then Luke 18 says that the word is the seed. What do we conclude? Well, Jesus is the seed. Jesus is the word. Therefore, the word is the seed. We're out of time. We'll start here again tomorrow. Mark your calendar. Set your clock and tune in, and we'll continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.